was a beautiful, beautiful um, worship experience. I uh, think Godfrey, uh, thank God for the beautiful song. Welcome, everybody. Oh, I think the people on Facebook are yet to join us live. But welcome, everyone, on Zoom. Uh, thank you for joining. Uh, we're starting in a bit. Okay, we're starting in a bit. Who is in a quiet place? Uh, Femi, are you in a quiet place to give us opening prayers? Femi, are you there? Elder Michael, are you in a quiet place? I think you are, you're still driving. Not that quiet. Okay. I can pray. Father, okay, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our Lord and our God, we bless the name of the opportunity you've given unto us to come for your feet to learn today. To you alone be the glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Open our hearts, open our minds to receive your words. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Okay. Thank you very much. We're live on Facebook now. Uh, please share the link with your friends. Um, the Lord is, there's a, there's a whole lot of um, testimonies following uh, what we do here. Thank God for that. Uh, in fact, I, I was with one of my big sisters over the weekend. And for you to know how much they, they these, are, these are big mummies in the, in the ministry, my big aunties, and they were asking me, we, uh, we had a very, very interesting engagement about some of the topics we've treated. So a lot of people are actually tuning in. A lot of people are listening to the podcast. A lot of people are listening even after the study on Facebook. So please uh, do well to share the link among your friends uh, and invite them. The Lord will bless us in Jesus' name. Okay, the book of Mark. Beautiful book. Um, by the way, for those of you who are following us, uh, we've finished reading the Bible in 30 days. Finished it today. Some, I think some people are still about to finish theirs. But yes, we thank God he's helped us to, to fulfill that um, uh, assignment again this year. We bless the name of the Lord. Okay, so book of Mark, uh, we'll do an overview of it. Uh, the memory scriptures is Mark 1.15. And saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Um, okay, uh, maybe I should read this introduction before I go into some of my notes. Then we'll come back to the manual for the discussions that was, that was written here. This is the second book of the New Testament. John Mark is traditionally held to be the writer of the book about 50 to 60 AD, as suggested. Having transcribed the teaching of Apostle Peter, John Mark was familiar with Peter, Jesus' closest disciple. The gospel according to Mark, it has no story of Jesus' birth. Instead, Mark's story begins by describing Jesus' adult life, introducing it with the words, 
the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Okay, um, this is just to show you uh, what's, what, uh, uh, Ma uh, what Mark was uh, interested in from the beginning, and he didn't mince words about that. He wanted to tell us Jesus is the Son of God. And that's it. Jesus is the, is the son of God. That's the theme um, of, his, of his writing. And that's what um, he wanted his writers to know. Uh, then, um, okay, uh, okay. Uh, he, talking about um, transcribing the teaching uh, of Apostle Peter. Okay, uh, John Mark was Peter's protege. I think I, I sent that in the in the notice I sent out uh, about the study, um, and it was believed that um, uh, okay. Let me do a bit of history now. John Mark's mom had a house in Jerusalem, uh, so it was believed that while they were going about, uh, Peter would would sometimes go to their house and tell John Mark. Who was a young boy then? Tell John Mark, ah, this was what Jesus did, uh, this, that, and this, uh, this was what, what we did today, or where we were, and this and, and things like that. So now, if you go to Acts chapter 12, verse 12, when Peter was released from prison, when the angel miraculously released Peter and he got back into Jerusalem, the house he went to was the house of the mother of John Mark. So that's to show the relationship they've had. Now, if you also remember that this same John Mark followed uh, Paul on one of his, on his first uh, missionary journey, and when he was to now follow them again on the second missionary journey, Bros. Paul said, Mba, like, like, this guy cannot follow us, cannot, cannot go with us. Why? Because he abandoned us on the first missionary journey. And I've heard I mean, a number of people uh, criticize uh, uh, John Mark for that. Uh, but uh, if we look at, um, permit me to say, if you look at the background of some people, we would cut them some slack. Same as Demas. I don't want to go into Demas today because um, there are, there are um, controversies on that. But for John Mark, the guy was, a, was an Ajebota boy. His mom, I think, is is Greek by birth. His mom had a house in Jerusalem. They were they were like, I mean, it's like it's like going to convert someone from who, who grew up in Banana Island or Metama in Abuja or or any of these any of these city centers, the posh area of the town, and tell him to go with you as you go a village evangelism from a Buleshoro to. A, Boti, all those to enter village, and the guy is not used to it. The guy is like, ah, bros, let <laughs> me just go back. And we, we need to really understand with people. In my opinion, I felt that was what happened. This guy was young, uh, uh, a poor guy was, I mean, who came from a privileged background, and like, ah. Uh, we sleep on the mat today, sleep on the floor tomorrow, and things like that. So maybe the guy just, uh. however, Barnabas took him, took him up, mentored him, took him on, on that same missionary job, took him on mission. In fact, the disagreement between John Mark, between 
caused by John Mark between Paul and Barnabas made them pathways that Paul had to go call Silas. And later in Paul's life, when he was older, maybe gentler, he sent for the same John Mark because he's of help to ministry. I didn't think Barnabas had not been patient enough to mentor John Mark again to, to make him realize and understand uh, the challenges on missionary journeys. Uh, Paul wouldn't have been able to refer Paul him back later in life to say, oh, this guy has been useful. He's going to be useful for me. So that's a very huge lesson then. Um, as leaders, we should be, we should be patient. Uh, the younger generation, uh, I mean, uh, I pastor a youth church, so uh, we, could, we can understand the kind of things um, <laughs> that young people may, 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 may require or, or the way they, they see life. I think we should be careful and be patient with them. Okay. Uh, Mark's gospel stresses the deeds, strength, and determination of Jesus in overcoming evil forces and defying the power of imperial rule. Mark also emphasizes the passion, the passion, predicting it as early as chapter 8 and devoting the final third of his gospel, chapters 11 to 16, to the last week of Jesus' life. So I'm still going to talk about that. The, 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 the book is actually divided into three parts. Uh, so what the introduction is saying here is the last part, the third, the, the, the last one third of the chapter was devoted to the last week of Jesus' life, the passion of Christ. One of the most striking elements of the Gospel of Mark's characterization of Jesus as reluctant to reveal himself as the Messiah. Jesus refers to himself as the son of man. The theme of the book is Jesus Christ as the Messiah and savior of mankind. Its central message is that Jesus Christ, the son of God, has come to the earth, that the kingdom of God is at hand, and that all should repent and believe in the gospel. Basically, Mark aims to share the life story and purpose of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. He takes a special direction of introducing Jesus as the one with the mission of love and the power to change the world. While other gospels document more parables, Mark shares 21 miracles, two of which are unique to his account. Character characteristically, Mark's gospel is action-driven. Mark wrote much about the pace than other synoptic gospels, gospel authors. Okay, for those who don't know, synoptic gospels are gospels that look alike. That's Mark, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And I'll tell you why they look alike uh, in a bit. His style displays a level of repetitions. The gospel is written more as a sermon that serves as a motivational call to action. Okay, uh, let me just go through my notes here. Um, I don't know if I should, I don't think there's a need to share the screen, uh, but um, the book is traditionally believed to be written by John Mark. Uh, I think we've said that. Um, and I've said he's a protege of, of Peter. Um, 
so some actually have argued that uh, John, uh, the, the, the gospel according to Saint Mark is actually the gospel according to Peter because it was actually Peter's dictation, more or less Peter's dictation. And we also understand that at the beginning of their ministry, at the beginning of Peter's uh, being with Christ, he was not learned. He was a fisherman. He didn't know how to write. Although um, First Peter was written in very bad Greek, while Second Peter, that's the epistle, was written in very, very, very good Greek that people believe, people, people wondered if he dictated the second epistle to someone else uh, or he got improved, he improved his, his writing skills. However, uh, either way, but uh, people have argued or they've said that the gospel according to St. Mark can actually be said to be the gospel according to Peter, St. Peter, because it was basically what it had dictated John Mark. Uh, and the aim is to present Jesus as the son of God. He opens it straight. Mark chapter one, verse one. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the son of God. And he also presents Jesus as the sovereign servant because the Old Testament had predicted that there's going to be a, um, it's going to be a sovereign, the Messiah is going to be a sovereign, suffering servant. And that's why a third of the, of the book was dedicated to, to the passion. The, it, it described the suffering and the passion of Christ in very, very great details. It's the shortest of the gospel. It's the oldest. Uh, and people have argued that actually Matthew and Mark, I mean, Matthew and Luke copied Mark. Um, well, this is extra biblical. Um, I think, let me check. People on this call are matured enough to take it. Uh, but if you are not matured enough, just delete what I'm about to say. Just pretend as if you didn't hear it. Actually, there's something called Q. Um, uh, there's a, another source called Q, letter Q. Um, a number of people have said they don't know where the source is from. Uh, but Matthew is made up of Mark and Q. Luke is made up of Mark and Q. Uh, who is the author of, the, of Q? Where did Q come from? Uh, scholars don't know. So, but that's it. So it's believed that Matthew and Mark, and uh, Matthew and Luke actually copied uh, Mark. Okay, so, and then the book now followed Jesus or Jesus' life from Galilee to Jerusalem. That's it from the beginning. From, so that's why he didn't talk about his birth or he just started from his adult ministry from Galilee straight to Jerusalem. So it starts with Jesus as a son of God. Now, that the first, so it's divided into three parts. The first part started with Jesus, um, uh, Luke telling, uh, Mark telling us that Jesus is the son of God. Um, uh, 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 we talked about the kingdom of God is near, they should repent. Um, uh, Jesus dismantling uh, uh, the works of the devil. He preached, he did miracles, he gathered his first followers. Then in chapter three, verse six, the Jewish leader rejected Jesus. Just watch, we're still looking at uh, the first part. So that first part, talking about the new king, is, is, is uh, verse one, verse, uh, chapter one, verse 15, the kingdom, of, the kingdom is near, he dismantled the work of the devil, up to chapter three uh, uh, to verse six, gathered his first followers. Then chapter three, verse six, the Jewish 
uh, leaders rejected him. Now, in, from chapter 3 to chapter 6, verse 6 talks about the new kingdom. The kingdom, he uh, 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 called out the 12 apostles. Uh, now, is looking at the new kingdom. This new kingdom is forming a government, reminding the Israelites of the 12 tribes of Israel, which is symbolic of government. So he chose 12 uh, uh, apostles. Uh, that's the new Israel, the parable of the kingdom of God. And he looked at, talked about all those things. That's uh, uh, be part of the first half ended with Jesus town people rejecting him. Chapter six, verse six. So the, the, the A part ended with uh, the Jewish leaders rejecting Jesus. The B part ended with his, his kinsmen rejecting him. Now he went further from chapter six to chapter eight, talking about the new order, um, uh, he passed through water. So it's like looking uh, like the new Moses. Moses parted water. Jesus walked through, walked on water. Uh, Moses, through his ministry, provided manna for, for the Israelites in the wilderness. Jesus fed uh, multitudes. He fed 5,000. He fed another 4,000. Um, and then Jesus explained uh, uh, the Jewish laws. So Jesus explained the Jewish law. So it's like a symbol of Moses. And we know that Moses uh, was the biggest, I mean, was the greatest prophet, or he's the greatest prophet to Judaism. So now that C part of the first part, one C now, ended up with his disciples, cannot even see his, his disciples didn't see or can't. can't okay. Okay, so his disciples didn't see who he is. So that A part, the Jewish leaders rejected him. His kinsmen, his townspeople rejected him. His disciples couldn't see who he was. Now we're going to the second part of the three parts of the, of the book. Now, Mark ended this first part by recording Jesus healing a blind man. And this is very, very, very uh, uh, significant. The Jewish leaders couldn't see him. His townspeople couldn't see who he is. His disciples couldn't see who he is. Mark broke that set of three happenings with Jesus healing a blind man. So to give a context, uh, this gives a, a, a better context to his writing skills or to, to what he's trying to say, the message he's trying to pass across. So now the second half, Jesus predicted his death three times. And that is just between chapters eight and chapter nine. Chapters eight and nine, Jesus predicted his death three times. So after healing the blind man in chapter eight, verse 12 to 26, uh, Peter confesses Jesus is the Messiah. Um, then, um, and Jesus uh, 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 predicted that I was going to die. That was the first time he predicted I was going to die. The second time, I think that's uh, chapter 8, 20, 8, 27 to 9, verse 29. Then from chapter 9, verse 30 to chapter 10, verse 31, uh, he talked about the last, going to be the first, and the first will be the last. 
um, talked about the, the rich young man uh, uh, who said, now nah, my soul guy just gave a bit of stories and talked about people in this kingdom uh, who give everything, anything, who loses anything in the kingdom, will have it a hundredfold, uh, uh, both in, in, on earth and in the kingdom to come. And that's the second time Jesus predicted uh, is dead. And the third time from chapter 10, verse 33 to 10, 45, uh, he also predicted his death there. Uh, he, he talked about in this kingdom, um, uh, uh, I, I didn't come to, to, to be served, but I came to serve. Um, James and John asked for honor, but he told them, no, 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 no. In this, this king, this, the way it is in this kingdom, uh, it is not the kingdom. He, 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 uh, the greatest in the kingdom is the one who is a slave to all. So uh, uh, he, he tried to make them realize what this kingdom is because uh, uh, Israelites have believed that the Messiah is going to come establish a military kingdom whereby he will take them out of the foreign occupation of, of Rome and things like that. So, so these three times or three uh, 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 places, uh, Jesus predicted his death, ended again by healing a blind man. So after the, the first part, this first third, or the first, uh, the first third of, of the book, ended with Jesus healing the blind man. The second third of the book ended with Jesus healing a blind man so that they can see uh, 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 who he is. Then from chapter 11, talked about the suffering servants and, and the passion, uh, talking about Jesus being both the king, uh, uh, the lawgiver, the prophets, uh, and also the sacrifice. So we know Jesus, uh, Judas betrayed Jesus, his disciples ran away. Peter denied Christ three times. Some scholars have said those three times uh, are significant and also uh, um, um, related to the three times uh, uh, Jesus predicted his death. Uh, the Jews handed him over to the Romans for him to be executed. However, there's something that was also very, very significant that uh, Mark recorded that when Jesus was crucified uh, and then the happenings that happened when he was, he was crucified, when he yielded of the ghost earthquake, there was a, a Roman soldier who, who doesn't, who was not a Jew, who doesn't probably even believe in Judaism, confessed that this man, is truly the son of God. Uh, and that's 15, uh, uh, 39, chapter 15, verse 39. Uh, and so just to drive home the points, uh, 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 Mark it was trying to make that Jesus is the son of God. Uh, okay. Uh, then Jesus rose up, told his disciples, go and tell the world that I have risen. So um, that's the whole book uh, in, in, in a brief overview. Okay, so let's go to the discussions we have in the pamphlets. Okay, they ask the question, what is the relationship between John Mark and Peter? I think I've explained this, uh, Acts 12, 12. Uh, John Mark was Peter's protege. Um, 
Okay, it was obviously once a co-traveler with Barnabas and Paul during their first missionary outing, he went on attrition, a thing that made Paul reject him on a second journey. But he later became mature and useful to even Paul himself. Okay, uh, okay, let me also uh, say this. Um, you know, John Mark himself was forgiven. That's why he could, uh, when Paul called him, he could say, okay, let's go. If it was some of us, ah, this man, this old man that said I was useless. In fact, it would, ah, it would trend on Twitter. This, this old man once said I was useless. Those of us who they call useless are now useful to them. Oh. They are now calling us to come and uh, do this and do that, blah, 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 blah. A, lot, a number of things that we will have said. So John Mark himself uh, was forgiven to, 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 to come back to Paul, who said it was useless. Or who said no? Don't even don't come and pour sand sand to my gary. Now you now need that my sand sand, or you now need me to help your gary. Uh, so so it's both ways, both in the on the side of Peter, I mean on the side of Paul, and on the side of on especially on the side of Barnabas, on the side of Paul, and on the side of of John Mark. Uh, Paul realized his mistake. He probably will have apologized. Okay, note that. Note that Mark's gospel emphasizes what Jesus did rather than what he said. Mark portrays the human side of Jesus. Okay, let me quickly look at uh, this, what Jesus did rather than what Jesus said, because that's also another thing about uh, uh, that, that's confirmed that it, it was dictated by, by Peter. For some people have explained it that uh, when they go out and they come back home, he just narrates things to, to John Mark. Ah, this is what happened though. This is what Jesus did. This what, this, so it was more activity-based because he was not there. He was just reporting uh, the actions or the activities that Peter uh, told him Jesus did. Okay. Um, he captures Jesus behaving like a normal human being. Right from start, Mark declares the divinity of Jesus. He is the Christ, the Son of God. He also makes it clear that Jesus is human by telling us Jesus' emotions. He was moved with compassion. He sighed. He got tired and went to sleep on a cushion because he was both divine and human. He is the only acceptable sacrifice for us. In spite of his divinity, Jesus says he came not to be served, but to serve. Despite being the most concise of the Gospels, it, aimed, it is aimed at preparing the readers for martyrdom. Mm. The believers were passing through the Roman government's persecution. It thus prophetically anticipates what would happen to the church since Jesus had been presented as our example. So at the, at the time it was, it was written, uh, of course, this was long after uh, 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 Jesus' death. So they were being persecuted at that time. Uh, and so it was it was kind of, if this could happen to our master, Jesus Christ, uh, how much more uh, you and I? So it was to also encourage the church uh, at that time. How does the Galilean ministry of Jesus, that is 1, 1 to 8, 26, account for or describe Jesus. Okay, that's 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 let's let's just go ahead. 
In 8, 27 to 10, 52, we see Jesus discussing his suffering with his disciples. What does that imply for our Christian living? I think I, I said, I gave a sermon uh, slightly relating to this on Sunday, uh, that Jesus was one of the leaders whose valedictory speech is so, if you want to look at it literally, so demoralizing. How will a leader be living and be telling you that, guys, they will beat you guys, or they will, they, will, they will give you up to be persecuted, they will kill you, and, 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 and things like that. It was, <laughs> but he ended it with, with good news anyways, that be of good cheer, uh, I have overcome the world. So uh, 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 Jesus was, uh, uh, was, was discussing his martyrdom, his death uh, with his disciples. Uh, uh, and we need to understand that when we suffer for the sake of the gospel, um, it, is, it is, Jesus said we should count it as a thing of joy when we suffer for the sake of the gospel. Okay. Jesus in the gospel of Mark is portrayed as the prophetic Messiah, the sinless son of God he claims to be. Mark's gospel is intended not to transfer information about Jesus, but also imparts to the reader an expression of him. What instructions show that Jesus wanted them to devote only to preaching the word and not to waste any time and not follow human traditions? So uh, uh, Jesus told them directly, preach the word. I mean, it was, it was direct, teach the word, preach the word. Okay. Um, okay, let's just go to the last point, then I'll take questions uh, or comments if you have any. Like record of Matthew, Jesus also instructs his disciples to, to go to work for him. He never forgets to give them assurance. God always gives them the assurance. Let's, let's read uh, Mark 16, 14 to 20. Anybody that is there, help us open Mark chapter 16, 14 to 20. And let's see how that applies to us these days. Who's reading for us? Mark 16, 14 to 20. Who's reading for us? Nobody with the Bible there. Hello? Okay, unmute yourself, sir. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not with my Bible here, but I'm still working. Okay. I'm listening. We can hear you, sir. Okay. So who is with the Bible and can read for us? You say Mark 1620. Mark 16, 14 to 20. 
14 to 20. Later, Jesus appeared to the 11 as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Mm. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And they will drink them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven, and they sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord walked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. So who can tell us what are the implications? Because the same thing Matthew recorded, Jesus gave instructions that we should go out and preach the gospel and he never forgets to give us assurance that don't worry you're on the winning side any implications for us uh, in this day and age what are the i mean what what can we pick from from that in our day and time one or two contributions Or mute yourself if you want to speak. I know Lagos people are still in traffic. That's why. Okay, what are the implications, Sam? What implications do that does that give us? Yes, Sam. I thought you were looking at me. Oh, meet yourself, please. Oh, meet yourself. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think um, from my own need um, to understanding, um, this is just a, a confirmation. It's more like Sorry, who told you that your understanding is little? <laughs> when the Bible said, grace shall be your wisdom, it said your understanding is little. Stop saying things like that about yourself. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you, sir. I felt um, these are confirmation of, of things that will be said or revealed about the sons of God, the children of God, that is those who give their life to Christ, they, they are more or less like uh, those that have been appointed to carry on the works Jesus Christ left behind. So that is why, for me, I feel we, those that are truly in Christ these days, we that we are in Christ, those that are baptized, they, they carry this power just to carry on 
the the mission Jesus Christ started. Mm. That is just what me I'll really say about it. Okay. Thank you very much. Akobi, you have anything to add to that? Or are you still in traffic? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Can you hear me? <laughs> we can hear you. We know you are still in traffic. <laughs> just All right. Um, going through that, going through that passage now, you know, um, the the implications of those statements there are spoken by Jesus Christ is the realities of things that will happen when we yield to that instruction. Mm. Like in other sixteen says, anyone who believes. Now, anyone. What is the context of anyone? Meaning, it be a traditional belief, a traditional worshiper. No matter the um, the level disparity of the person from the cross, no matter how far the person might have gone from the cross, anyone who believes and is baptized, one, they will be saved. That is it. Now, in that salvation, what is what is what are now the things that will be involved? That's lost by 17 that says this miracle will accompany those who believe, meaning mm. they have believed and they are saved, they've been baptized, they are not saved. What are now the things that will happen to them? They themselves they will be able to cast out demons in my name. Mm. They will speak in new languages. They will undo snakes with safety. If they drink anything poisonous, it will hurt them. Mm. Now, these are the realities of believers. They will be able to place their hands on the sick. Many of these people that have been saved, they to they go, they heal sick people. Mm. So, now, looking at that now, it, 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 it is an encouragement. It, it is um, if we are truly believers, we can rely solely on Christ's words and promises mm. that he will fulfill that which he has said. So when we see somebody like most of us that has come to the um that has come to Christ by believing and by being baptized, we can heal the sick. We have the inherent capability in us to heal the sick. Mm. We can take poisonous things, whether we know it or we don't know it, and it will not harm them. There are several testimonies to support that. There are several testimonies of believers who are not pastors, who are not um, working maybe in any offices, who have laid hands on the sick and they have been healed just mm. by believing that because they are saved by God, they can do this. Mm. And they did it and they acted solely on God's promises. So these are the implications in our days and many more. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, well, let's prepare to wrap up now. One of my mentors uh, used to say this. Uh, he said, deliverance ministry is, there's no, there's, there's no, there's, there, there shouldn't be something called deliverance ministry. A special ministry called deliverance ministry. Every believer should be a deliverance minister. So it shouldn't be special. This, uh, if once you believe, you should be a deliverance minister. This science shall follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. First thing, first thing on the job description is casting out of demons. So it shouldn't be a special case that you are casting out demons. And the Lord will make this um, uh, a reality in our life in Jesus' name. 
Please, if you have questions, prepare them uh, both on Facebook and uh, on, on Zoom. Let me quickly read the conclusion and then we'll pray. Mark's gospel, though the shortest, shows us the life of Christ like a panorama. It portrays both the humanity and the deity of Christ Jesus in a unique manner. Christ's faithfulness to his mission on earth should challenge us to remain focused on all that he has for us. This is made possible by a commitment to his kind of discipleship. Following Jesus means denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following him till the end. May God help us in the name of Jesus. Okay, do we have questions either on Facebook or on Zoom? If you have questions on Zoom, please unmute yourself. No question on Facebook here. Okay, thank you very much, everyone, for joining today. I'm sure you were blessed. Uh, please, uh, we, okay, Sam, you have questions. Unmute yourself, please. Thank you very much, sir. Um, my question uh, will be taken from this last passage we read, sir. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, just, as, just as it has been confirmed that as far as you are baptized and you truly give your life to Christ, you'll be able to heal the sick and do other things. But what are the how, one? How do we um, identify or how do we activate those potentials? How do we discover them? Because sometimes there are some people you I meet on the way, and when I see maybe their condition at that time, I'll just think sometimes that Kai, oh, I wish I just have this this um anointing and anything that I'll just be able to like pray for this person and this thing goes immediately. So I, I just really thank God for this topic. So my question is just that how do we discover these potentials? How do we activate them? How do we put them to work? Thank you very much, sir. Mm, thank you very much. Uh, lovely question. Uh, well the only the only criteria for casting out demons according to the scriptures is belief. I, I gave a sermon two weeks ago in church. You can check the podcast, Healing Faith. There are three things you need to do um, uh, when it comes to healing faith. The Bible says, if you say unto this mountain, be ye removed and cast into the sea, and you believe it, and you do not doubt in your heart. So you, you say, you have to say, number one, you have to believe, number two. But why will you now add, don't doubt again, after he said you believed? So which means you can believe, if I can tell you now that, Sam, I'm coming to see you tomorrow. And you believe that, yes, I have the ability to come and see you tomorrow. I can just get into my car and come and see you. You believe that I can come and see you. But you may doubt that, ah, this guy, he may come, he may not come home. But you believe that, yes, you can come and see me, but let me quickly go and see my friend. If he comes, he will call me, I will quickly, I will just stay around. You've had a plan B. You've planned something else. So 
Jesus was telling us that if you have faith, say, you say it one, believe in your heart, then don't have a plan B, then you'll see it happen. Then we need to work out our faith. We need to work it out, practice it. Uh, Apostle Joshua Selman was talking about some things. Uh, and it was uh, just, I listened to a short clip on one of his sermons that there was a time uh, some people called him to a mortuary to come and, to come and raise the dead. And they even locked the door of the mortuary. He prayed, 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 prayed. The dead didn't come. The dead didn't uh, raise up. So I shared that clip uh, on my status that there are times that you need to work your faith, work your faith, keep doing things over and over again. So one of my big bros now replied the status. Uh, we are supposed to tell us, to, hey, you are not raising the dead today. Like, sorry, <laughs> okay. So he was trying to say what Apostle was trying to say is that when you, these things that you are seeing happening today, it didn't start today. We've been practicing. There are times that we look, I mean, we trusted God, we believed in our hearts, and it did not happen. What happened in those days it was a time of building up faith, building up faith, building up faith. And if you pray for someone <clears throat> and you believe in your heart and you don't doubt, you've done your part. Leave it for Jesus. It's not you. See, it is why we are trying to take glory. Uh, that's another issue. It is not you. If you say in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk, and the person doesn't stand up and walk, it's not you. It's the, it's the name of Jesus. He didn't say in my name. He didn't call my name. He didn't call your name or your father's name. It's the name of Jesus. So let the person, the, he who has, like our fathers used to say, uh, let the, the owner of the work do his work. In fact, if there's anything which we've learned from our fathers in Christ Apostolic Churches, they use that phrase a lot. Let the owner of the work do the work. Christ is the owner of the work. Let him do his work, not me, not any other person. I hope I was able to answer your question. Any other question? Oh, pray. Okay, thank you, everybody. Thank you for, for joining tonight. Sister Lara, I don't know if you're in a quiet place. Oh, you are still inside Lagos traffic. Can you pray for us if you're in a quiet place? Um, I'm home. 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 We thank you for your word. We thank you for reminding us of the mandate you have given to us. Daddy, be thou exalted in the mighty name of Jesus. Daddy, we'll pray tonight, oh God. We just don't want to be hearers or speakers of the word alone. We want to be doers of this word. We want to be carriers of this mantle. We want to be doers of all this we have been taught. Holy Spirit, help us to carry it out in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Blessed Redeemer. By the time we come back again, let there be testimony. Let there be new things in our life. Let Amen. this word prosper us and Amen. let your name be glorified. Amen. A facilitator you've used for us that he will pray more unction, more anointing upon him in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Blessed Redeemer. In Father. Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. God bless you. Those of us in Abuja, Amen. we'll see you on Saturday in church. For evangelism, eight o'clock, and then our service starts with Sunday school at eight o'clock on Sunday as well. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening.
Good night. Good night, sir.